0: If something's free, why would you turn it down? I mean, a free haircut from a five-year-old. <laughs> oh, no. Or a free sample of onion paste. Oh. <clears throat> well, then, how about a free tour of your neighbour's new shed? Oh, that sounds well. Um, OK, look, they were bad examples. But how about a free eye test and free glasses from the 69 old range of Specsavers with your PRSI? Well, that sounds like something to smile about. Book an appointment or find out more at specsavers.ie.
1: So began an extraordinary, what was it? It was six years, five years. Uh, extraordinary in, in lots of ways professionally, emotionally um in my relationship at home because I continued I, I I started getting up at a quarter past five in the mornings in in I I think it was September of nineteen eighty. And uh I did my programme, I went and had breakfast, I went and played golf, I went home, I fell asleep, I was woken up for my dinner I watched a bit of television and I went to bed at 9 o'clock. Or I went and did a gig and I ended up doing three, four and five nights a week between 1981 and 1985. And I did not see that things were not as good at home as they should have been. Another child arrived in 1982, Lisa, and I continued on my merry way. And uh, I really didn't realise that, you know, my wife, Woody, was bringing up the family, running the family home, doing all the things, and I lived in this world where I thought that, oh well, I'm working, yeah. you know, I'm out gigging and I'm, I'm up at the crack of dawn and I'm out all hours of the night and there's nights I don't get to bed at all. Uh, yeah, but what about the other hours of the day? What about going off and playing golf? Or going off and eating big breakfast. Or, or playing right, snooker either, with or, Michael Lester. Or, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> playing snooker and doing all those things. When I should have paid more attention to my family. And um two things happened. Uh, I was confronted by, by Woody mm-hmm. uh, in 1985. And she said to me, we can't go on like this, you know. Uh, now, we didn't, we hadn't fallen out of love. yeah. yeah. But we didn't talk about things we didn't I kind of I kind of left everything to her mm-hmm. or some would say shoved everything onto her and I, I okay I was the breadwinner you're doing very well great lovely and all. but there's more to it than making money there's more to running your life and all that kind of thing so I said okay we'll we'll face up to it I'll, I'll talk to you and see so if I need to get off this thing. And by coincidence, almost the same week. Now, it could have been weeks apart, but it seemed very close. I got a call. I was in Switzerland, I think, at the Eurovision Song Contest. No, with the Jimmy McGee all Stars. That's what it was. Yeah. And I got a call. When are you home? I said, oh, we're home tomorrow. Now I got a call to the hotel. No mobile phones. Mm. Got a call to the hotel. And um, I came home and Bill O'Donovan and Kaha McCabe, who were still running things, said that um, Radio 1 wants you to do lunchtimes. I couldn't believe it. And uh, it was Adam and O'Driscoll who was Head of Light Entertainment on Radio 1. And uh, I went to her for a meeting and I didn't want to give up uh, Radio 2, but I did want to change. Yeah. And I remember going into Carl McCabe and saying, he was the head, and I said, um, what do you think I should do? He said, I think you've no choice. He said, from a broadcasting point of view, it can get you out of the pop music thing into a much broader spectrum. And Radio 1 has a much bigger audience than we'll ever have. And it'll be very good for you. And I spoke to Adelman O'Driscoll and she said she wanted me to do it. Uh, Gay Byrne at the time was talking about maybe giving up the radio and going to work in America. For the Westinghouse Corporation and Mike Murphy had, had gone all arty and didn't want to do the light stuff at lunchtime. Now, this, there was a million people listening at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. The news was at a half one and I was going to be on from 12 to half one, which is approximately where I am now. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember the clincher was, I said to Adam O'Driscoll, um, I said, w- why, why are you asking me? You know, like I'm a DJ from Radio 2 and she said because you're the right one for the job nobody ever said that to me before mm. you know yes so I, so i moved in and uh, and i've been on radio 1 since uh, back into the, the, much the same slot i did for a couple of years do afternoon kind of magazine stuff and summertime stuff which which was fine it it helped to broaden my abilities yeah. a bit but um, I couldn't believe it when Bill O'Donovan came back to me. He was now head of 2FM, but also head of light entertainment on Radio 1. And he said, I, I, I need a music program on Radio 1 in the afternoons. And I said, there's nobody listening in the afternoons. It's about, about 50,000 people, yeah, which is it's not a lot. And he said, we'll build it up. And uh, so I, I went along with that. And I remember him saying to me, he said, now don't build it up too much. He said, because if the journalists see what you have, they'll want that time. How right he was, because mm-hmm. that's exactly what's happened through the years. You know, and my program got shorter and news programs started earlier. But that's the way Radio 1 has developed. Yeah. So what do you do? Do you fight it or do you, do you take it on the chin? I took it on the chin and I became the lighter end of Radio 1 in about 1990. 1990, 1991, and I also ploughed a furrow where I, by I worked completely alone. Mm-hmm. I had no sound operators, no producers, no researchers, and I did everything myself uh, and produced the program. That doesn't mean to say that, you know, I was an island because I had there was a structure within RTE that you could rely on to do anything. Like yeah. the Graham Library there and there were senior people like like Bill O'Donovan and and other producers around who could help you when you needed anything but um that that was the start of uh, um a uh, a golden a golden time it's 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 over thirty thirty-two 32 years now that I've been doing that I've been on radio 1 37 years and I'm in my 44th year mm-hmm. in RTÉ Um. and the only thing that I probably uh, didn't do that I should have done was I should have left at some stage and gone somewhere else. And then I think I could have come back here. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. But, um, you know, would that have made a difference to things? Is it? It's not a regret. I just think that professionally it might have been better because I, I'm kind of... RTE Radio One institutionalized now where I think a bit of a foray away. I was only ever really offered one concrete job away. I was offered a job in California on a radio station in San Diego, California. It would be four hours a day. It would have been ten in the morning till two in the afternoon in San Diego. At decent money mm-hmm. at the time.
0: Sponsored by Expressway. With MyExpressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.
1: Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones,
0: make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times? Visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook. Mind you, if you did go to America, San Diego is definitely one of the places that you would oh, go to. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been in San Diego a few times. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's an extraordinary place. But, but <laughs> you wouldn't, you, uh, now, I mean, you, you wouldn't want to have settled in America and, and stayed there. I mean, who wants to be in America now? You know sure. what a changed country
0: and yeah. extraordinary, but that but that's a different story altogether. I'm fascinated listening to you to you talk about uh, that transition from uh, radio two to FM as it is now to Radio One because in actual fact, we both quit our jobs or moved jobs, I suppose, not
1: quit our jobs the same week. Absolutely, the week that Bruce Springsteen was in was in Slane, yeah. and you and I and Bill and Lucia. Um, Bill O'Donovan and his partner Lucia, and was there just the four of us, or was there somebody no, else it was there? Just the four of us. And we went up to to Martin's Deer Park. That's right. Uh, and at ten o'clock in the morning. Uh, you were drinking and we were having breakfast and things like that. And Well,
0: I, I was drinking and, and the, you know, the reason that I was drinking was Martin actually produced champagne, a champagne that's breakfast right, yeah, for yeah, yeah. But the only problem about that was, or the only thing about that was, you didn't drink, no. Bill didn't drink, etc. I was yeah. the only one that was going to yeah. drink the champagne. I flew out of the place that evening, she said, and I barely, I barely staggered down the road. But anyway.
1: Yeah, and you, you kind of started in television then. I that's think, correct, I yeah. And, yeah. I, and I moved to, to Radio 1. And I, I'd had... I'd started a kind of a television career and um my relationship with television was it was never a love affair. Mhm. I never had I never I never felt the want. I never felt the need to do it. Professionally it was very good because it gives you a profile. Sure. and um, the the stuff I did on television, I did I did famously play the game for 10 years, yeah. I think we did about, I think we did about 250 of those yeah. programs. And they were a great bit of fun. The first year was with Twink and Brendan Grace. And they, then the sec, when we came back for the second season, uh, Brendan had moved on to something else and Derek Davis came in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did really well. The three of us, we got on extremely well. We bounced off each other extremely well. Um so much so that I remember um, we did it for 10 years and then they repeated it for years afterwards. And then there was a suggestion in the very late 90s, nearly into the 2000s, that they'd bring back Play the Game. And there was a suggestion that um, myself and Derek would do it, but there would be a different captain for for the ladies. And uh, at the time, uh, Twink, was having some kind of difficulty with RTE I'm, but I remember that Derek and I both said ah, well, if we're going to do it like drink comes back in mm. and and they, they said well you know for lots of reasons uh drink won't be there so Derek and I said well, we're not doing it yeah. because what was the point in trying to reinvent and being false about the whole thing it had worked with I, the three of yeah. us you know sure and um, also in terms of television um, I, I was asked to do things and I'd say no I'm, I'm, I don't want to do that Mm -hmm. and as you know in in television when they ask you to do something they'll only ask you once and I won't ask you again but I have the cushion of the lottery the national lottery and the two two nights a week and uh, which was a hell of a commitment Mm -hmm. you know I had to be there every Wednesday I didn't get out of here on a Wednesday because I was working uh, afternoons so I didn't I I was in here from from uh, 12 o'clock I was on in the afternoons on radio I didn't get home and I'd leave television at ten past eight and get home at nine. Uh, We'd now moved way out the country. And uh, I did that two nights a week. Um, Very good for the profile. Um, Very well looked after by the National Lottery. Um, um, And much to the chagrin of some RTE managers, television managers, who felt that... um, you know, I shouldn't be doing all that and uh, they should have an attractive girl doing it, not an old guy with grey hair and an older fella nodding as it used to be. Uh, They could say things like that. They Mm -hmm. they can't say it now. (laughs) And um, National Lottery stood by me. And uh, in in terms of television, um, you know, they weren't inclined to ask because... It was an interference. I was now associated with this and, and, that, and that was fine. That was grand. And then um, the lottery thing um, came to a kind of a, a natural end. There was new management in the company. They wanted to make changes in the um, the number of balls that were used or the number of numbers that you had to get, the matrix, they used to call it. Nothing to do with the movies. But, um, so they came to me and they said, um, we don't want you to do the lotto draws anymore. And uh, I said, okay, should we talk about it? And we spoke about it and that was it. Yeah. Um, I walked away. It was a, a natural conclusion. They wanted it to be different and I wasn't, m- me being there wasn't going to make it different. And that was fine. And uh I think uh, professionally, I it's not that I needed to do anything but I need to be able to fill my time, you know. I, yeah. And um, somebody suggested that uh, I should uh, get in, get involved. Actually, it was Paul O'Reilly from Dolphin Disc who said, would you consider compiling old showband stuff and maybe we'll have a look at putting them out on CDs. So I went trawling through all that and spent a lot of time doing it, came back to him, and we brought out a CD and uh, I had this idea that, you know, the banner would be the Ronan Collins collection, which is now a brand. Yeah. And it was uh, Show Band Hits, volume one. God, it sold. Yeah. Unbelievable. So we brought out a second volume and that sold incredibly well. And there was a great bit of nostalgia and great talk and a lot of stuff generated and interest generated. And Pat Egan said to me, what about putting on a show band show so we did one or two with a couple of the stars but it was very expensive to do it properly Mm -hmm. you know and uh, we only did it a couple of times and I always wanted to do it properly I said well if there's going to be a band it's going to have to be six or seven in the band PA systems lighting systems and the guests then you know um, it was very expensive so but successful and we only did about five of them and then we had a look at doing it again. And I said, what about if I presented as the Ronan Collins Show Band Hits show? And we do it that way. And we have maybe one guest, but I do all the show band hits, sing them. Uh, we did that quite successfully. And then uh, Tommy Swarbrick came in with this idea for a show called Reeling in the Show Band Years, which was a clever title. Because Reeling really in the yeah. Years was on television and it just became a, a good expression and a, and, a, and a good brand again. And um, we did that in January of whatever year we started. We did it for three years in a row and it was a disaster. first year was a disaster because the weather, snow oh, yeah, and yeah. ice. And yeah. Um, second year, we give it another go, ice and snow. So we said, we'll try it one more time and see how it goes. And bingo, it clicked, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and we've kept going since. And then, then COVID came along and destroyed us a bit. We came back a little bit this year, but it was important to let people know that um, that we too were not going to be defeated by this. And we, had a, we did about a third of the gigs that we were scheduled to do. We couldn't reschedule them all. And it was nice to be out and see people doing it again. And um typical Tommy at the end of it I said, um, was that a wasted effort? He said, No, no, it's very important that we showed people that we're still around. How are you fixed for January next year? Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna give it another go in yeah. January twenty twenty three and see how it goes. How long can you keep going to the well? Well, we've had lots of the show band stars on the show through the years. A lot of them um a lot of them are gone. Yeah, when I when I look back now and I think that Sean Dunphy was with us Brendan Boyer was with us mm. um, and then we we had other people uh, who don't, who don't now don't perform a Dickie Dickie was on the show with us uh, Roly Daniels and um, great performance and uh, now we've kind of we've got an ensemble show and it's had the same people in it for the few years but it's still going very well yeah. you know Red, led by Red Hurley. Red is a superb vocalist and, you know, even though Red wasn't always comfortable saying he was in a show band, he was in the ballrooms. Yeah. And that's what he did and he still sings superbly well, you know. And we have various guests through the year, um, through the years. You mentioned to me uh, before we started talking, uh, Sean O'Dowd. Yeah. Sean has been with us and uh, Linda Martin. And a guy called Dave Lawler, who kind of came in on a show band revival thing in the 90s. He's a smashing guy, Mm -hmm. a great singer and very affable guy. And musically, he brings us to an area that we weren't covering, you know, just lightly country. We don't do the country stuff. We leave that to the the country music And and who do all that. And so that's that's where we are now, you Mm -hmm. know. And now I stand back and look at myself and I say, why are you bringing yourself to all these things? You're nearly 70 years old. You've been working for 51 years. And why do you do it? And the answer is, I love it. Yeah. What else am I going to do? You know, I mean, I thought that if I if I couldn't play golf, that my life would fall apart. And I had trouble with my foot from August of 2021. And now I'm at the other side of it. But I haven't played golf. Yes. Because um, I just don't, I don't feel the need to go out and do it. Yeah, but I'm still doing gigs. Sure, yeah. you know, and I'm driving to Killarney uh, next Saturday to do a gig, and because that's what I do, and that's what I like doing, and I'll be down in Killarney uh, with the Conquerors and it, musicians, mm-hmm. and I'll spend a few hours in their company apart from the gig, and that's what I enjoy, and that's what's kept me going. It brings me right back to the 1970s. You know, I'm very lucky. I've a, a fantastic family, a great stable home life for all these years. But what do we? What do you really love? I love being with musicians. Yeah, absolutely love it. Yeah. Sitting around talking about nothing yeah. and talking about everything, and uh, and the common denominator is is generally the music, not specifics, just the feel of yeah. the thing, the ability of people. Um, and just the awareness that you're you're kind of with uh, you're with people who are not going to be uh, it's 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 never arguments over things heated debate yeah. a lot of the time but you don't fall out with people because mm-hmm. of your feelings on it so um, it, is it full circle no I don't think I don't think it's full I don't think it's a circle at all I think no. it's a long road yeah and um, that's had plenty of twists and turns in it but um, I'm not ready to not ready to stop it yet you know.
0: Well, do you know what? You shouldn't be. And congratulations, John, on, on a fabulous career. And thank you so much for talking to us. And long may you enjoy it. Please, God. But I will leave you with this and
1: say that um, I am not lulling myself into a false sense of security that I can do this forever. Um, somebody needs to call time on it. And I hope that somebody is me that I'm able to make the decision to say, now, what's next?
0: Hey yeah. baby, Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.